Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And hello friends to our headline news edition of season 3, episode 3 of Sendition on October 2nd, 2021. We have three very interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. Yes, so our first story is about Lithuania. And if you guys don't know where that is, it's a really small country in East Europe. And Lithuania has angered China after a recent report on Chinese-made cell phones. So the National Cybersecurity Center of Lithuania just found out that many Chinese-made cell phones from brands like Huawei and Xiaomi included built-in censorship technology. And since they viewed it as a security threat, the country plans to ban such smartphones and have even encouraged citizens and residents to throw them away if they have those name brand phones. The specific technology was said to have censored words such as, quote, free Tibet, um, democracy movement, and long live Taiwan independence. And even though the tech feature was turned off when sold in Europe, Lithuania cybersecurity experts determined that the feature could be enabled remotely as well. Xiaomi, one of the phone brands, of course, countered the claims. However, they agreed to do an internal investigation. And as the internal investigation is still ongoing, they did concede that their phones do contain advertising software that protects users from viewing pornography and anything that may offend the locals. I never realized I would say that word in this podcast. (laughs) And according to Xiaomi, that is standard industry policy. But the country sees that statement as a confession that their phones can censor things. Going beyond, Lithuania has also basically dumped China and got with Taiwan, inviting a formal embassy for Taiwan. Many other nations have an embassy for Taipei, the capital of Taiwan, but not the actual nation. And China has thus responded by stopping all exports from Lithuania into China. And I hope, and I know what I was saying about Taiwan being a country, even that itself is obviously a controversy. Right. Why is... Well, I can understand why China is not so happy about the situation, but they kind of did this to themselves by incorporating that sensitive technology. Well, I think it's not much as... like Obviously, these are private companies, mm-hmm. but within the the CCP the companies are not private and definitely are influenced by the government but I don't think it's like it's not they kind of I think they just expected the chi- like them to say oh okay fine like that's I'm totally fine with <laughs> having um this cyber this censorship technology mm-hmm. right because China's kind of pushing for this Obviously, any country, right? You're kind of pushing for dominance. Yeah, I mean, China specifically, with its censorship technology. But I feel like they might, or they should know that other people aren't quite as accepting of this. Like, China has always been the one to censor things, and I'm sure that its citizens are somewhat used to this now. But maybe other places like Lithuania are not okay with this as we see in this story. Like, they've 
um, they've encouraged their citizens to throw away their phones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lithuania itself is a very particular situation. Uh, obviously, it's a teensy tiny country. Most of you guys may not have even heard it, possibly. And it doesn't have a lot of manpower. It's like 3 million people compared to China's 1.2 billion. And it's like small economic input, right? However, it was the first country to, or it was the first nation to declare independence from the Soviet Union, right? And after that, you know, once they, once Lithuania started, the Soviet Union kind of like toppled, right? And for those, like, it's not been that long, right? A lot of the people in charge right now were alive during the reign of the Soviet Union and maybe seeing how China's acting towards the rest of the world with their censorship and whatnot and their kind of specific dominating tactics is reminding them of the life under Soviet Union. Oh, that's true. With the very crackdown yeah. type technology and whatnot. Yeah. Very and so maybe that's why Lithuanians are more, like, that country is more willing to say something against China because it has such a strong base in its own history. And also, like, to, like I said, it is a tiny country, right? And they don't have much economic ties with China, unlike France, Germany, or Britain, or United States, right? right? So they can say that, like, what are they going to do? Because the EU will always... In general, like at face value, the EU and the United States will always back Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the only thing that they've got coming for them is China stopping exports from Lithuania into China. Yeah. So. And there's not even that many. Exactly. I mean, they could probably do it somewhere else if they wanted to. Yeah. But at the same, like, even though such a small country, it's kind of that. Um, What's that psychology word? Like, if one person rebels, then every other, like, people are more likely to speak out against, like, what's wrong. I don't remember the effect, the name of the effect, but something like the bystander thing, like, because people think that, oh, wait, cut that out, never mind, that's the (laughs) bystander. Cut that out, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the actual name is for that term but yes if somebody speaks out then more people are more likely to speak out as well Mm -hmm. and i think from lithuania's point of view this is like they don't have much to lose here and i think it's pretty smart from if like their point is to try to go against the ccp Seems like they did well. <laughs> yes. Maybe other countries will follow suit as well, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Also, in general, from a more symbolic point of view, right? Lithuania does sort of represent that fall of the Soviet Union and what was technically like a communist empire-ish, right? A, 
and obviously and CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, even though it's not really communist, is attempting to still do the same thing, like similar things as Soviet Union did, right? Kind of control their area mm-hmm. and also promote communism mm-hmm. or whatever special communism they have going on there. <laughs> and so they're kind of looking at Lithuania as like how to not have someone like a country like Lithuania to do what they did, right? So places like Tibet, Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, right? Right. They're hoping what Lithuania did to Soviet Union will not be done to them as the CCP. Right, because they keep... And so... And they keep trying mm -hmm. to up the restrictions on these other countries because they don't want these things to happen. That's why they have that national security law in Hong Kong. Why they're... What? I think they were sending bomb planes to Taiwan or something? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that's why. It's because they don't want anything or anybody to overthrow them anytime soon <laughs> or at least leave you know yeah so i think for the ccp it's definitely a what is it like a blow in their not blow but like i mean it's a little bit it, like, of a they, blow i think yeah <laughs> yes like oh I no someone literally not... just defied us uh-oh yeah maybe other people because i think start. this is one of the yeah the most first blatant um, blatant European country against China, and even though it's small, it does hold sin- Lithuania does hold significance because mm-hmm. they've done it before. Yeah, exactly. They've done it before, and they're doing it again. <laughs> the, the, they're like, I've been there, done that. Been there, done that. On to our second story: the Kashmiri diaspora threatened with social media censorship. A group called Stand with Kashmir representing the scattered Kashmiri people, recently came out accusing the main social media companies such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook of trying to silence their stories. Their 30-page report found that platforms have consistently suspended, disabled, or deleted the accounts of artists, journalists, and more who share what is happening to their people since 2017. Back in 2019, India removed the rights of semi-autonomy from the Kashmiri-located... What? Oh, sorry. From the Kashmiri located in northern India. To make sure that their decision worked, the Indian government shut down the internet for months in that region, and this is now in dispute. According to Access Now, which is a tracking organization, that shutdown was the longest in history of a democracy. Even though, granted, the internet is still quite young. And soon after the stripped rights, Stand with Kashmir also released data claiming India as the country with the most internet shutdowns. They have 109 out of the worldwide total of 115. This data comes to the polls they did asking for people about their experience of censorship. Activists are bringing up these issues not only for their own content being taken down, but also for the standards for which any content can be removed for. Despite the actions of Twitter in favor of the Indian government, Twitter responded to news inquiries stating that Twitter's rules are supposed to be clear. What does it mean that Twitter's rules are supposed to be clear? (laughs) Kind of like why they delete the things they do or suspend the accounts that they do, right? Okay. Because I know on, like, I'm sure everybody has been on Twitter or even Instagram. You can report people's pages and posts. Yes. And if there are enough people reported, they get disabled, kicked off their platform. Or if it's a 
entirely huge commotion like the former president Donald Trump, then Twitter will take it in its own hands. Mm -hmm. Personally kick him off. Yes. And I think, oh, yeah, I, I think for many, this just reminds me of that video I watched, um, I forgot what the Netflix show is, but it's the Hasan Minaj's Netflix series. Oh. What is it? Oh, but it, it was really popular, and he covered a piece on Indian politics, right? And I think it wasn't just him, but in general, I was very struck by how many people were very, very eager to vote, right? Because in, maybe not so now, but say five years ago in the United States, politics for the youth for the youth was kind of on verging on apathy, right? We mm-hmm. didn't really care, or even 10 years ago, or more like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But in India, it was, at least if from... I've never been there, but from the videos I've watched, they seem to very, very care about politics, right? Who they vote for. It's a big thing. So, and India is the biggest democracy in the world with that, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a big population and whatnot. And so, it, it is concerning to see, like, how undemocratic it is, even though... They have so many people voting and so many people into politics. Right. And I think that's the issue with, um, I think, well, I don't know if it's an issue per se, but it's definitely a, a problem. But I would say it's an issue. Like, you have so many people voting with so many people from different backgrounds that don't often come together, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have clashing views for sure analysis right now is just going into is kind of that free democracy always going to lead us to the right place at the end right Mm -hmm. and even with like i know we just talked about the ccp which is the opposite of democracy but they have censorship india has censorship u.s also has censorship like even though we're democracy you can't really stop censorship from whatever government (laughs) despite the people voting the government up there Mm -hmm. there's a lot out there it's kind of sad yeah and it's kind of like also ironic considering the censorship here in the u.s by twitter instagram and facebook leans towards the left side right you have i'll qualify this later but it leans toward the left side and has suspended former president like donald trump who is definitely not progressive but at the same time he was spewing misinformation and i do believe that masks and vaccines do work however in in india they seem to be against those grassroots organizations and true like pro-democracy right Mm -hmm. but they're still calling themselves a democracy yes and it just I don't know, like, have you seen, like, you know, during Pride Month, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of brands change their profile mm-hmm. picture? And then they change it back immediately into... after the month is over. <laughs> Same with the Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, I know a lot of companies did change their profile pictures or post things about Black Lives Matter during the whole incident, right? And they changed mm-hmm. it back pretty soon after that. Yeah. And obviously this is within our country, but this 
comparison can be made between countries as well, right? Like, so for Vogue, mm-hmm. a fashion magazine, very famous fashion magazine that you guys probably know, led by Anna Wintour, which is a, she's a kind of a weirdo, but <laughs> um, Vogue, like the U.S. main Vogue, changed their profile picture into like rainbows, right? Or kind of the rainbow branding. But if you went to Vogue Russia or Vogue China, they didn't do that. They only did that for places like Vogue Australia, Vogue Canada. Mm-hmm. And so you see a lot of corporations change their brand or only if their customers, in this pride example, right? Only if their customers are mainly LGBTQ plus friendly or only for their accounts in LGBTQ plus friendly countries. I see. And that's not to say that there's not any homophobia in the United States. It's just like generally what they're supported by, right? Mm-hmm. Because Russia is very, very against... Um, the LGBTQ plus non heterosexual people. Yeah. So <laughs> and the cisgender. So that would not go right. Yeah. Because the government can shut that down. Mm-hmm. Same with China. And it just yeah, same with China as well, and many other countries out there. And it just makes you think, like, if they really ca- because. For my point, right, if, like, say Vogue, they've written a lot of articles about, like, spearheading that queer presence in fashion, right? They're talking about, oh, we're doing this, 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 and that. But if you really were invested in pushing, um, in, well, in trying to celebrate and accept that community... I mean, you would be willing to take that risk across all platforms, right? They'd at least try with it in Russia. If they're truly supportive. Yeah. And I understand, like, business, like, oh, like, if we do Russia, we'll get shut down. And I understand um, from a point of saying, like, oh, we get shut like, how do I say it? In places that aren't, are very, very anti-LGBTQ+, some magazines are the only outlets that are able to like squeeze in a little representation but if they that gets taken away then you have nothing right so i like mm-hmm. i see both points of view and at the end but at the end of the day i think a lot of the people who make change that you see like you hear about in history are the people who are really willing to take that risk Mm-hmm. But it makes you think about where the money comes from, right? Where the money comes yeah. from? Like, who support brands like this. Ah, okay. Or companies gotcha. like that. That's true. Right? Like, yeah, that's Twitter, true. Facebook, Instagram, where are they all based? In the West Coast. And what is the political democra- mm-hmm. de- demographic of the West Coast? Left wing. Exactly. Well, in India, it's the conservative ruling party or the Bharatiya Janata party that is in charge of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. that's where so the money is coming from. So of course, they're more right leaning. Yep. So the third story is Italy and Croatia. So two European countries, and they're battling it out it, over the patented name of a wine. So in in, in and that wine is Prosecco or Prosecco. 
the names do sound super fim- uh, similar, and that is what is causing the problems. So Prosecco has been an iconic tradition in Veneto, which is a northern Italian region, and their wine has fought off like copycats and counterfeits, uh, but now it faces trouble since the EU, or the European Union, is considering a protection for the Croatian wine, Prosecco. If Brussels, which is basically like the Washington DC of the EU, agreed to Croatia's petition, Italy is super duper afraid that consumers would get confused and the famous Prosecco wine would no longer be bought. So tourism is basically just that large part of the concern. Cities like Valdobbiadene are scared that they will no longer get visits for those looking for Prosecco because they accidentally were looking for Prosecco. Heavy critics of Croatia's move believe that this is a blow to the Italian heritage and pride, and even the governor of Veneto, Luca Zai, compares the situation to as if Croatia was trying to steal the Ferrari. Interesting, interesting story. <laughs> yeah, so this I is like the <laughs> point about cities like Valdobbiaden who are scared that they will no longer get visits because tourists are stuck or they're lost looking for Prosec instead of Prosecco. And I thought that was funny. Because a quick, I feel like a quick Google search mm-hmm. could have sufficed. <laughs> hey, where's Prosecco from? And then they go to Italy instead of Croatia because the internet has lots of Information, information out there mm. right yeah. so i thought I mean, that was quite funny and a little unnecessary <laughs> i think for those living nearby especially in the eu they'll be fine for those exactly. maybe in america with a little smaller brain <laughs> just kidding um, <laughs> but you know for those countries that have the stereotype of being below average in intelligence so you mean more dense? Is that what you're saying? You're <laughs> May saying have some trouble. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the Italians like really care about their brand symbols and it's heavily embedded in the pride. And like rightfully so, rightfully so, right? Lou uh no, not Lou. Uh Fendi um Ferrari, Ferrari like they mentioned. Versace? Yeah, Versace. Oh, like yeah. Oh, like Valentino, Prada, Armani, Dolce and Gabbana, uh, Moschino, and also, you know, Italy's famous for their wine as well, right? When you think of mm-hmm. vineyards, the first few places you think of, well, I think of Napa Valley, but the second place I think of is Italy. Oh, see, I think of France. France, really? Okay. I mean, I think I think those are like the big ones, like Napa Valley, France, Italy. Yeah, so like the grapefruit kind of style, grapevines, um, like the Roman era, is very big mm-hmm. on wine, mm-hmm. and all the names so are I... are Italian too as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we can understand the issue, the issue behind. This patent name war, Prosecco versus Prosec. But even it's a, I feel it's even kind of people, funny. Yeah, I know. It's like it feels like a petty debate. But when you think about culture, maybe it's not. You know, maybe we're just different mm-hmm. in the way we think compared to Italians. 
Yeah, maybe it's like if someone was like, um, like, say we have McDonald's, right? And they're like, we're mm-hmm. calling our brand Mc McKernels. I don't know. <laughs> like they'll be like, "Come on, man! Like that's don't do that." That's true. It's a yeah. Okay, I understand that. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. And if you guys want to find out more about these stories, for the first one, the Lithuania versus China, you can find more information on Euronews or VOA News. For our second story about Kashmir diaspora threatened with social media censorship, you can find more information on Al Jazeera and Pakistan Observer. And for our last story about the whole Italia, about the whole Italy and Croatia battle over patented names of wine, you can find more on the New York Times or Wanted in Rome. But as always, before we leave you today, we still have our Sunday snippet into the past. On October third, nineteen ninety-five. So on October third, nineteen ninety-five, O.J. Simpson was acquitted. So, you've all heard the phrase like "the glove doesn't fit," you know, that comes from this insane trial where O.J. Simpson, a former, a former like celebrity and sports football star, uh, yeah, football <laughs> star, was acquitted, which means he was found not guilty on the double murder of his estranged wife and her friend. And did you know this that O.J. Simpson's uh, lawyer was Kim Kardashian, the three Kardashian sisters' father? Seriously? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Oh, isn't yeah the glove? Yeah. Yeah, it's the glove. <laughs> and if you guys enjoy this episode, don't forget to follow our podcast and you can follow us on instagram and share it with your friends thank you so much for listening and have a great sunday